Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I am joined, as you'll hear, by a very unwell Luke Owen. I, hello Swaft Nation, hello to you Oliver Davis. I'm quite sick and tired of this now, I feel like we've done this intro, not this exact intro, this is actually our first time recording this podcast intro, but I really, I feel like we have done this Luke's not very well shtick for the last couple of weeks, and it's time it ended now. I think it only started last Tuesday, uh, but yeah, for me and for I'm sure the Swaft Nation, we're sick of it. Yeah, get better man, And like, uh, man you- up. And you're, you've only got a bit more of this to look forward to because in the podcast, in the actual show, you uh, you talk even more about it. Don't you? <laughs> I think I do. Right, right in the opening. Yeah, right in the opening. So you're going to go from sick talk straight into sick talk. I go right for the jugular. Uh, Roddy uh, Roderick Strong's old uh, finisher in Ring of Honor was called the Sick Kick. It was. Are they still call it that in NXT? Oh, do they? Okay. Well, maybe that could be your your finisher. <laughs> but I'm not. I don't think I'm sick. I'm just ill. Yeah. I think there's a big difference. Although yeah. I do have to. I'm going to have to go see my GP tomorrow. Um, particularly Gorilla Position podcast. I've got, I've got to go see the Gorilla Position yeah. podcast, particularly because I need them to look at my eye. I look in your eyes. I look straight into your eyes. <laughs> I could get lost in those eyes. Thanks, man. Uh, let's do some reviews because Luke might just keel over at any point. <laughs> Darren, and and then you wouldn't. You'd only get half a pop, wouldn't you? That's not good for anyone. Darren Newbury writes, hashtag swaft since day one-ish. I think you'll find that day one is H. Of course. Ollie and Luke deliver consistently. Yes, that's our favourite compliment. Consistently. Awesome wrestling podcasts. From Wonder Ollie, Ollie's Nia Jax entrance theme cover song forfeit, through to the literally laugh out loud and completely unexpected TLC No Scrubs singing YouTube video. I forgot we did that. They always deliver great entertainment and up-to-the-minute wrestling news. Simply can't recommend the Wrestle Ramble and the Wrestle Talk news highly enough. Only downsides. I now can't spell soft, S-A-W-F-T, without correcting myself to swaft. And I do miss you guys on the Flickering Myth movie podcast. But happy you're creating this great stuff all the same. Keep on rambling. Thank you. What a great review, Darren. Thank you, Darren Newbury. When uh, there was a Swaft Nation sign at... um, It was a hashtag Swaft Nation sign at Smackdown last week. If you actually clicked in... If you searched for that hashtag, there were lots of confused people. Yes. Well, that's what we wanted. (laughs) Yeah. 
We just want people to go, uh, wow, that isn't very good. Yeah, I mean, he literally spells it out for you every week. When really, the, the tiny, minuscule, swath nation portion will go, <laughs> actually, <laughs> we're smarter than you. I know what that it's means. It's an in-joke. And yeah, it's just a way for us to feel superior over people who are too quick to call out someone else's spelling mistake. Love it. Uh, and then The Love Day, that's a great name, <laughs> writes The Ultimate Thrill Ride. Journey over to fill a cultural hole after watching the news online. Would you Adams and Eve it? I'm hooked. Luke and Dolly provide spectacular review and insight on everything WWE. Gimmicks are amazing. Fantasy warfare phenomenal. Keep it coming. Man, thank you, Love Day. Thank you, Love Day. And we've got some... I've got... I, I am very confident in my fantasy booking warfare for Monday, which we're recording tomorrow. Yes. I mean, in fact, actually, what I was going to mention from that review, concern, where he says we provide spectacular reviews, although that is quite a, quite a hell of an adjective. Uh, your review of SmackDown Live this week is very emphatic. Like, that's a tease yeah. for, for listeners uh, that are about to listen to this show, but you get mighty upset. I just didn't like it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I tell you what I do like. I like my Pete Dunne debut booking. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to do it. So good. Are you Are you confident? I am confident. I think I've got... A, Have a, you got something? Yeah, I've got something, yeah. Oh, I, I, I think I know what I'm doing. Okay. All right. Well, let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's get on with the show. I'm going to ask Luke... What's going on with the beanie man? Is this is this naughty Luke? This is I don't think this is fully naughty Luke, although I am wearing my bad boy beanie. Um, but I, um, the, you, as you know very well, yesterday I had to leave the studio early yesterday because I became very unwell all of a sudden. Your face specifically became very unwell. It did indeed. Like I had really bad pain around my mm. eyes and around my sinuses. And then I was on the tube going home and I was just, I had the shakes and I had the shivers and I was sweating profusely. And I got home and I was like, I just need to just like get myself all better again. Mm. Went to bed very early last night, uh, but then bang, 2 a.m. this morning, I was just wide awake. Couldn't really think of anything. I started thinking about the magazine a lot. Good. Uh, and about like what I'm going to write for the magazine article and stuff That's like that. That's coming out in December. Good and, plug. Unfortunately... Um, when I woke up this morning, because I eventually did manage to fall back asleep, couldn't remember a lot of the things that I'd thought about at 2 o'clock mm. the morning. I shouldn't have written them down. So I watched SmackDown Live in bed, and I made my notes. But this is all building up to the fact that when I left the house today, I don't think I was all there, mm. which means I forgot both my hats. Thankfully, this one was already at studio. And I've left my notes. The detailed that, that, notes that I make for Raw and SmackDown, I've left bloody both of them. That This is an insight into how Luke operates, because you took the very scenic route to explain that you'd forgotten your notes. Well, no, you, so asked, you, you, you asked, like to filibust things no, to get around... Uh, no, you asked me why I was wearing a beanie. I know, and it got like a three-minute answer. But it was very interesting. Yeah, the beanie, So this the be- isn't naughty Luke. I don't think so. No, this is very just like ill and tired Luke, and he's just forgotten his, his I hat. I think that ill and tired is making you look mean, <laughs> composed with the beanie. It uh, makes me look so mean because I've got my toilet roll down here. Yeah, oh, to, no, like, it's to, that kind of party. need to blow my nose. Uh, so we're just going to do a quick bit of Great Balls of Botch because we've got a, a full-on episode of Raw and SmackDown. And I would like to say as well, I think this is going to be our greatest uh, segment yet of Great Balls of Botch because you and I made zero mistakes in the last video that people picked up on. Mm. Yes. Great balls of success. That's what <laughs> we have. Great successful balls. That's what they really should name the next pay-per-view. Oh, but maybe it's fire. Maybe when we're good, it's we've got great yeah, balls we've got of fire. fire. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Christos 
Jesus, how do you say that name? Clad Cladifertrus says. Uh, I don't think that I don't think he's got an official Vivo channel. No? I think he's oh, just popped Vivo at the end of his username. Am I the only one who appreciates Luke's hand gesturing at the beginning of every Wrestle Ramble? Yes. No, I think it's over. You reckon it's over I, now? Not as over as Naughty Luke. <laughs> no, who, push, who's push Naughty Luke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, Moldrifter Z. So I've got to include this because I think this is a, a brilliant alteration to a crap gimmick. Two, it's it's like the perfect bit of retconning bringing two crap gimmicks together. Uh, generic interviewer Ollie. So this was yeah. my social media lounge joke from the Survivor Series review. Should uh, um, preview. Preview, yes. Should should a hundred percent be a character on Wrestle Talk alongside Wonder Ollie? Maybe even generic. So like everyday Ollie is generic interviewer for the social media lounge whose secret identity, just like Clark Kent and Superman, is Wonder Ollie. Wow, I like that. That's awful. <laughs> that is brilliantly awful. Uh, so, yeah, we like that one. That might become a thing. Uh, but actually, we didn't get anything wrong, but we did have a bit of an omission. Uh, we spent the whole of the Survivor Series review, to, you know, like, oh, you want this one, I want that one, and, you know, for our predictions... And then we just stopped saying that after a while yeah. and we didn't say who won the predictions because we're the best YouTubers. We're really bad at YouTube. Uh, so for NXT, I won NXT with three out of five correct. You just missed out with two out of five. Did very poorly. Mm. Well, I think you, you went with your heart. You wanted Sanity I to really win. Want, I had this big plan for Sanity, mm. but um, yeah, I sold myself out of that one. Yeah, of course, n- n- I don't think anyone predicted Almas to win. And for Survivor Series, Luke got six out of eight. But this guy got eight out of eight. Clean sweep. Clean sweep. I was Very so well happy. So for the month, uh, this was really the decider because there's seven competitions this month. Uh, it's 4-0 to me. You just completely smashed this. Yeah. Uh, that's the Fantasy Booking Warfare. I won a Raw versus SmackDown review. NXT and Survivor Series. Yeah, absolutely. So you have now lost the month. You will have to do the spicy challenge. Spicy challenge. Whatever that is. It's probably going to involve spicy, but we could just riff on that theme and make make it erotic. Like a spicy, <laughs> yeah. sexy thing. Or get like um, a, a Latin American singer mm. uh, to come in here and just spice up the studio a little bit. Yeah, maybe uh, if you want to do the cover song route again. Yeah. Live in the Vida Luca. I was going to... I mean, I didn't want to say... Inglesius, but that was mm. where my mind was well, going. Well, that's, that's Ricky Martin. Who's uh, who am I thinking of? Then I'm thinking You'll of. Think, um, I can be your, your hero, baby. baby, with a mole. Yeah, fun fact for you. Oh yeah, remember Bo Selector used yep, to do. Um, yeah, mm. yeah, the weekend hole, uh, the weekend yeah. hole by Enrique's <laughs> yeah, mole. Yeah. Um, so anyway, fun fun fact for you. Fun fact. When I was at school at my year eleven dinner and dance, it was like our end of year eleven mm. thing. It was like a lot of uh, for anyone who's not a, a, a Brit. When you get to year 11, that's when you have the option then to either finish going to school or you can go to college or you can stay on and do sixth form. It's kind of like a prom when you're 16. Yeah, Yeah. basically, that's what it was. It was, yeah, your 16th prom um, or your 16th year old prom. And I got to uh, have a dance with a girl that I had the biggest crush on um, for like pretty much my entire uh, duration Mm. at school at that dance. To that song, oh, wow. to uh, Enrique Iglesias' Hero. It just always sticks with me. Every time how, I, how did it go? Badly. But, uh, what I, happened? Well, basically, I think I only really got the dance because I'd helped her friend um, pass her maths um, like coursework and stuff like that. That is such a geeky reason. 
<laughs> Especially considering I'm very bad at maths. I've seen this teenage rom-com and you get the girl in the end. Yeah, that I, didn't happen. Th- that did not happen. No, oh. no, no. I wouldn't get the girl until many years later. And then Teenage Dirtbag came on. <laughs> Let's get on with the reviews. Haha, <laughs> it's a raw review looking jacked, man. So we're going to go in chronological order this week and start with Raw following Survivor Series. And it kicked off with The Authority. They're back. Really? Stephanie McMahon came out with a horrible entrance horrible music. Horrible entrance music. Some people have contacted us and said, nah, I quite like Stephanie's entrance I'm music. I'm almost convinced they're trolls. Yeah, maybe. No, Craig Roberts, who always, who always uh, talks to us, he's, he's not a troll. <laughs> But uh, he's just obviously got terrible taste in entrance music. <laughs> we love you, Craig. Uh, and she introduced Triple H, you know, the guy who won all of Survivor Series. He did win Survivor Series. It wasn't really a battle between mm. Raw and SmackDown in the end because Triple H just won everything. It's the one night a year when Raw and SmackDown get to go head to head with Triple H. <laughs> There's a line in the in SmackDown. I'll mention it now because I'll probably forget. Yeah. But there was um, it was when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were talking about like how they could have beaten Raw uh, five on two, mm-hmm. and uh, Sami goes, "We'd have beaten Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, Catangle, and even Triple H." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah," because let's not forget, he's the true mm-hmm. star. He's the one you want to beat. But he did a Triple H did kind of have a smug look on his face, and he was. It's a weird interpretation of Triple H's character now. It's almost like a goofy... It's not the aggressive, I'm a... I'm, you know, I'm the destroyer, the destruction in his Seth Rollins feud. It's almost like, yeah, I came and did this. I'm smarter. Oh, but now I'm scared. <laughs> but now I'm a big guy walking away again. It's... I've not really seen... It's kind of like a, a mesh between serious destroyer Triple H and... Goofy heel DX Triple H. Yeah, I'm not really sure because I mean, as you pointed out, the overselling that he did mm. for for Braun's power slams after Survivor Series were bizarre to watch. But those, I mean, I don't really take stuff like that as canon. No, because, because it, was, it, after it was after the show. It wasn't shown the next night on Raw. What I take as canon is Triple H's spellbinding facial expression when he was being choked by Braun in the in the turnbuckle position. I thought that was incredible. But I don't think that was really like uh, followed up on no, with this no, show wasn't. because there is a moment when Braun does come out and they go face to face and Triple H goes back to just being like, well, I'm not afraid of you. Whereas like the previous night, he uh, was. I don't, I, I disagree with that. I think, you know, sometimes you don't want the the uh, follow up immediately. You want to drag it out a bit. And I thought they, they did that very well because Braun Strowman eventually came out and despite loads of people going face to face, when Braun Strowman came out, they were going face to face, and then Triple H slowly backed out and then walked up the ramp. But if you're like in a kayfabe world, mm. that man that he's going face to face with, like completely laid him, laid him out the previous night and essentially made him yeah. cry in the corner. But yet here he is, Billy Big Balls, now standing up to Braun Strowman again. It's not it's, perfect. It's, it's not a great continuity. It's not it's perfect, not but at least he did walk away. So I, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, what, I'm glad he did walk away. What got me was uh, so Triple H comes out. Stephanie McMahon introduces him, says, "Here's Triple H. He's just about to speak, but then Kurt Angle's music hits, and Kurt Angle walks down, like, like he properly cares, because like Kurt Angle was Raw General Manager, hasn't been amazing. It's sort of been reciting bad verbiage and." Yeah, that. and doing that and standing with his legs slightly bent. And and he he gets right up in Triple H's face and says, you know, if you do that to me again, I'll kick your ass. And I was like, this feels not just legit, it feels big time. Kurt Angle and Triple H. 
And that's the story I wanted to see followed up on. That's the story I think needed more the Night After Survivor series. But then Jason Jordan came out. Yep. And although I liked the Jordan stuff because it played into a really interesting character arc for him throughout the night of him being ballsy but then not being ballsy. He's obviously turning heel. I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I just thought you needed more from Kurt and Triple H. Like, why not have Kurt trying to find Triple H all night and then you end on that segment? I know you had something else planned, but he could have made it feel a bigger deal than that because it's just like, yeah, you turned on Kurt and then... And, and also, he pedigreed his son the, the week before. That wasn't even brought up. No. And actually, as someone um, pointed out to, to me on Twitter, I think, or I might have said it in the review, that really, Kurt should be thanking Triple H because Triple H did win for Raw and saved his job. Mm. There's a lot of stuff that should have been done with Kurt and Triple H, and I, they didn't do any of it. No. Uh, so that was, that was a real down for me. That was the, I think that was the most negative part of the show. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, because overall, I actually quite enjoyed this show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as as we said, Jordan came out, uh, said our face you Triple H. Braun came out, stared off Triple H, and then Stephanie said, "You two fight each other very intelligently, getting Triple H out of the firing line." So that was a nice way to continue the Triple H weirdness that's going on. Yeah, but I just wanted, and everything else was I liked, but I just wanted more from Kurt and Triple H. I just think for me, like the real takeaway from this is just that <sighs> the authority are back then, are they? Yeah, there's that. There is that. They'll never, they'll never leave. Like I said, genital warts. Yeah, yeah. They, they never, they never actually go. You think you, you, you get given the treatment and they go, but so, so, so I'm told. Uh, Samoa Joe beat Finn Balor next in in a pretty decent match. Yeah, I really enjoyed enjoyed this. this. Yeah, really, really enjoyed this. Uh, The it's it's just a shame because you're watching it and you're like, oh, okay. So all that momentum Finn Balor had coming off TLC is he's never going to yeah, get that. Exactly, because yeah, like he had that incredible match at TLC with AJ Styles. The following night, I believe it was the following night or the following week, he was squashed by Kane and then uh, was barely featured at Survivor Series. I'm, I'm fairly sure he did that stuff, some stuff with Shinsuke Nakamura and then mm. did the coup de grace, and that was more or less about it, and argue with Samoa Joe. Which was my favourite stuff in the match. Favorite, yeah, and then was, um, yeah, and it was beaten, and it was quite decisively beaten by Joe here this week. It wasn't like a, oh man, that could have gone either way. It very much mm. felt like this was Samoa Joe getting the win. And when Dave Meltzer then reported that the, the, the proposed Finn Balor-Brock Lesnar match has been cancelled for Royal Rumble, I was like, yeah, well, all of a sudden that makes a lot of sense. It was, I guess the only thing is Balor didn't tap, Samoa Joe choked him out. Yeah. So I guess you've kind of got that, but, oh man, I, Finn Balor, like, this was the first time I thought, you know what, they don't see him that way now. No, he's, I, I, he's never going to get out of this mid card thing. He, they really don't. They may as well. Like, if if this is how WWE see him, they may as well put him into a five live. Yeah, or SmackDown. Maybe I'd love to see him get a SmackDown. Yeah, I think they they could rejuvenate him over there. Sometimes all it takes is a brand switch, and all is forgiven. Yeah, but yeah, uh, a good match, but suffered from having nothing on the line. Yes, pretty much so. Uh, next up, we had the segment of the week uh nxt war games survivor series included luke gallows and carl anderson selling some merch actually i'll be honest i skipped through this oh they did the steve austin impression i didn't know i i just see like oh it's an advert i I think the usos did one on um, smackdown i skipped that as well because i'm just like this is advert stuff i can skip through this yeah well it was fun it was yeah they put their all into it so uh they do at least they're doing something what a bunch of nerds 
Next up, we had a backstage segment where Jason Jordan found uh, Kurt and said, look, uh, can I get out of the Stroma match I've been put into? And Kurt was like, but you just squared up to face Triple H. I thought you were fine. You told me you were fine. You wanted to be in Survivor Series. And he goes, ah, I'm actually, my leg's still a bit bad. Mm. And I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's just because it's so... He's playing it like a... And, and for some reason, uh, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez are very down on this. And they think the acting's terrible. I love it. I, I, I really enjoyed him last week. I, yeah. I really enjoyed him again this week. Because mm. a lot of people were... Because when he asked the match later on, it was like, well, it made Jason Jordan feel very much like an afterthought. But I was like, well, that was almost perfect, really. Yeah. Because he didn't want to have that match in the first place. Yeah, he did He did so well at pretending like he won... Obviously pretending like he wanted the match. But trying to actually use his position as Kurt's son to get out of it. it I thought it, I thought this was really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Asuka beat Dana Brooke. Yep. Um, a, a rematch of Asuka's debut in NXT. With zero mention of that on commentary, mm. I believe. Um, Dana Brooke had a, um, a promo in the, uh, in the corner of the screen where she said that she has found a hole in Asuka's plan. I don't think she um, effectively have uh, exploited said hole because she was beaten roundly by Asuka here. I thought this was a terrific squash match. Yeah, I agree. Uh, although Dana Brooke has no credibility, she has more credibility than just a random person brought in. Yeah. But I almost want her to beat some random people before she beats name people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, you know, that ship's kind of sailed as well. I just loved the bit. There was a moment when Asuka had Dana Brooke in sort of an arm lock and just started kicking her in the head. Yeah. It looked vicious. She's and so good. Asuka's submissions are so slick. I just want to see her. I want to see her get someone in a submission and then those people try and escape. And as they're trying to escape, Asuka putting new submissions on them. Yeah. I just want that to be the match. Yeah, pretty much. That that uh, I could be down for that. I think Asuka is awesome, mm. and I very much enjoyed this. Hopefully, she's going to get back to to where she should be uh, yeah. with the expectation. They're certainly making the right steps. Uh, Ms. TV next with Roman Reigns. Ms. TV sort of buried Baron Corbin on the mic, said, you know, you beat me at uh, Survivor Series, well done, but... You're not a big star. He so. is, yeah, he essentially said in so many words, "You did beat me in Survivor Series, but I've got bigger things to focus on mm. now." And I, and I, I'm, obviously, I haven't got my notes here, but I do remember writing in my notes yesterday morning. Yep, all that Survivor Series nonsense is now officially over because every person's promo is starting with Survivor Series was last night, but now I've got to move on to something else. Yeah, Survivor Series didn't matter, uh, so let's move on. Yeah. I'm completely fine. <laughs> yeah. It's just okay. So you gave Baron the win. Now you, you've kind of sort of nullified any heat yeah. he might have got. Not that he had any much coming out of it anyway, but now everyone looks at Baron and goes, yeah, but you're not a big star. Nope. So it doesn't, nobody gets over. And I like The Miz. I thought that was a bad, bad idea. Yeah, I wasn't keen. So then uh, Miz started to say, well, I've come out Roman Reigns. And then he moved around a bit. Nothing happened. Roman Reigns. One more time. Roman Re- and then the shield music hit. And then later on in this segment, the lights went off and Miz said, put my goddamn lights back on. And then they came back on. Well, yeah, he's, they, they've turned off and then instantly someone was like, grabbed a spotlight and put yes. it on him. And like a complete pro who was like, that's right, give me a spotlight. But by the time he'd finished saying that, all the lights yeah. had come back on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, not Kevin Dunn, what are you doing? Well, I, I think the first bit was intentional because... Um, 
Miz was uh, pointing to the ramp to mm-hmm. be like Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, and the shield came down from their shield entrance, um, from their their Ravens porch where they can come out from, and um, yeah, because then that led him into being like, whoa, 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 I'm having Miz TV with Roman Reigns, not the Shield. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess he could be right there. Um, it just if that was the intention, it didn't work for me. It looked mm-hmm. like a mistake. Uh, so Miz's promo delivery was very good. He's so good at. Like maybe the content isn't always good, like with the Baron stuff, but his actual delivery is amazing. Uh, the Shield were in goof mode. Yeah, I good. hated it. Yeah, you're not, you not. Do it. not like goofball Shield. No, because you know the Shield I love are the pack of dogs, and they just attack people. I don't want to see. It's like I mean DX were always jokey, but when DX came back and they didn't take anything seriously, like, that wasn't. That, I didn't really care. It was just like, oh, this is kind of funny, but I don't care about you. And that's what the Shield have become. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a testament to how much goodwill I have for them based on their first run that I'm not more annoyed now yeah. with the goofball stuff. Yeah, I thought, I thought I d- most of the lines were horrid. I didn't find them as annoying this time around. Mm. Actually, I, I quite enjoyed it. I thought Roman was really great uh, in this segment. Yeah, yeah I, I, it's just I want him to be a badass. Well, yeah. And he's not. Uh, so uh, Ambrose and Rollins said they're going to get their tag team titles back. I did like this bit. And then Roman goes, well, I, I feel left out, guys. Oh, look, there's the Intercontinental Champion standing right here. And then they booked a uh, an Intercontinental Champion match for later that night. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. On his way to WrestleMania. Then we had Braun Strowman backstage. This was one of the longer-running narrative arcs through the night. Uh, which And it was very well done. And that was Jason Jordan and... Braun Strowman's uh, feud or match build and I think it was Renee Young said what do you Jason Jordan claims he's not scared what do you have to say to that and Braun goes well that makes him more of a man than most yeah awesome line great stuff delivered perfectly if there's one thing that Vince McMahon can do it's book a very tall man but usually he books a tall man in a monster setting I'm really getting a, a heroic baby face big guy vibe from Braun again it's because he's seven foot tall and Vince McMahon goes like oh brilliant I know what to do with you this is what we'll do if you're a face or a heel I know exactly what to do with you until it's like Finn Balor who shows up Mm. at 205 pounds and five foot six and he's like 205 pounds oh I don't don't know what you are yeah Uh, so what what success has Vince had with baby face monsters Andre but he was a he was a heel for the majority of his run it's only in retrospect, that they treat him like a, this big baby face. I'm pretty face. sure he had a baby face run at some point. I'm very, I'm very well maybe wrong on that. Yeah, well, but like, it was okay, always um, with Ted DiBiase. And but also... Um, feuding with Hulk. Yeah, but Hogan was treated like a giant guy as well. But not as giant. So back then, yeah. in relativity, but again, wasn't a giant. But what I mean is just like, it's not just giants, it's tall guys. Mm. Whether they're baby faces or healed, he knows what to do with tall guys. I feel like... Tall, muscly guys. I feel like Braun Strowman is quite unique in WWE's history in that he's getting a ba- a really, hopefully, prolonged, good babyface monster push. Mm. Where he, he feels like he's got some moral fortitude within him. Which is a comic book fan I like. Uh, Dean Ambrose and Sheamus next. Decent match again. De- yeah, absolutely decent match, yeah. I look, yeah. I look forward to Seth Rollins versus Cesaro next <sighs> week. That's the problem, isn't it? Like it's a, It was a really... I really enjoyed this match, but all the time I'm thinking... But I've seen it over and over again in various combinations, this feud, and in four months. It's been yeah. four months they've been feuding. Yeah. Survivor Series, you know, big four, climax, start something new coming out of it. 
But they had to put but, the, but they had to put all of that stuff on hold because you had to do all the Survivor series stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't they <laughs> But why can't Oh, because it's the, the rematch clause. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they had a good TV match. I I really liked the when Seth Rollins just ran through the ring and took out Cesaro. Yeah, I've seen a couple of people get a bit nitpicky about that, being oh, like, yeah? "Oh, that should have caused the DQ because that's someone running through the ring uh, and causing a distraction." But um, I, I disagree. I thought it was a really nice touch. I I would prefer WWE commentators to talk about how much is up to the referee's discretion sometimes. Yeah. Like, oh, he ran through usually, but the the referee obviously wants this fight to continue and end properly. So that's how I would have problem with that. Though, that that might make uh, refs into stars, and uh, you, don't, you don't want people focusing yeah. on that. Yeah, and give the commentators credibility. Well, you oh, don't want that either. No, because no, no. again, commentators aren't stars either. Yes, uh, hell are they not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also, I actually, another thing, I really liked the near falls. There was a Seamus. Uh, what's he do? What's it called? White noise. White noise. Yeah, off the off the second rope, and there was a kick out. Well, that was. I really bought into that. I really liked it. Uh, then we had Jason Jordan trying to get up Vice for his Braun Strowman match. And he approaches Matt Hardy backstage for some advice on Strowman. And Matt pretty much goes, yep, yeah, yeah, screwed. You're screwed, he's mate. He's a monster among men. He, um, yeah, Matt Hardy, the furthest he's been from broken Matt in quite some time. This was just regular old Matt Hardy. It was zero teasers of anything else. He was just regular old Matt. I think later on for Elias, he came out doing his... Ah, ha, ha. But I think the more he's not broken, the closer the gimmick is. You reckon? Yeah, that's what they do, isn't it? They take stuff off TV so it's a surprise when they come. Plus there's all the trademark stuff that seems to well, be no, I, in I, his favour at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of get all that. But it was mm. when I was uh, that was the thing that kind of struck me with yeah. this promo. It was just like, this is just Matt being Matt. I'm just... They, just, they, they probably wrote a script... For anyone. No, like, oh, yeah, Matt, can <laughs> Matt, you read this? You're available. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had well, this. Uh, sorry, I've written Alexa Bliss promo as the subheading, but it's so much more than that. Mm. So Bliss comes out. She, again, it's like the Miz's promos. And anything you give Alexa, she's going to deliver well. But the content isn't always there. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the case here. She did the exact same thing that Miz did, which is mm. like, I lost to Charlotte, but I've got bigger things to focus on. Mm. So the match meant nothing then. When so, And then Mickey James came out and like, well, now I want a shot of your, at your title. I thought, ah, oh, no, I like Mickey James and I enjoyed that feud. But are you really going back to this? Yeah. So I started to get angry in my notes. And then Bailey's music hit and I was oh. like... Well, I mean, that's a little bit better, but it's still boring. And then Sasha Banks and Alicia Fox. And then they started to have a match. You know, Kurt Angle's like, well, these four women are going to fight each other. I can't tell you how much I was groaning. Mm. Like, through all this, because it was like, as soon as Bailey made her entrance, I was like, okay, great. So Banks is making an entrance next, then, is he? And then someone else will come out. And then there'll be a fatal four way to Mm. crown a new number one contender. I was like, this is just like the laziest of lazy booking, which is what the, the women's division, particularly on Raw, uh, finds itself someone to do. Actually, it's, mu- it's much worse on SmackDown yeah. uh, for the last few months. But it's always it just re- it's very, very lazy, especially as well. And this is where that the whole scripted mentality just completely falls apart. Mickey James came mm. out to bring up Biscuit Butt, and then left a giant pause in there for the crowd to chant it. No crowd has ever chanted Biscuit Butt, no matter how hard they've tried. No crowd has ever chanted it. And then Mickey has to say the line: "Sorry, I got distracted by an entire arena chanting Biscuit Butt." No one was. It just it yeah. makes her look like a complete chump. There was one Biscuit Butt chant a while, like in the first week it was done. 
Um, oh. Just just in case anyone calls you up in the botch, in the great balls of botch. Uh, when but I, I'm not saying it's a success. When I say biscuit butt chant, what I mean is the entire arena. Okay. Like uh, yes, yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> like if people were doing like the the emphatic yes in the same uh, mm. you know the same cadence with um, uh, biscuit butts, then I'd be like absolutely yeah. That chant did get over once, but that chant has never gotten over. So we were quite obviously both very dissatisfied and frustrated and disappointed <laughs> with the direction of the women's division here it was uh so, oh Luke's gonna <coughs> gonna die a bit sorry uh, I was choking on my bovril oh man nice bovril is that an american drink that people know what bovril is uh i don't know actually it's like gravy yeah it's basically it's like drinking gravy. gravy yeah it's like drinking gravy uh and yeah so we were both pretty dejected i was starting to write a little diatribe on the women's division in my notes when i was watching it live i think in fact in my notes i'd written i was expecting uh page to be the fourth person oh so you thought i i completely forgot you know how i'm an idiot sometimes or a lot of the time i completely forgot about all the page stuff yeah no i was expecting uh page to be the fourth person yeah and then when she eventually did make her uh, mm. thing, when they did like they did a big double down with um, Mickey James and Sasha Banks in the ring, and it was like they were down for a one. I was like, here it is. Yeah. Uh, well, I caught me by surprise. The page scream happened for her entrance music. Then Paige walked out to a thunderous reaction. Very big reaction. Uh, yeah, it was really nice reaction. to see. Yeah, yeah, she she looked so happy. She looked great. She cut a really good promo. You know. I'm back. And there was a, another little bit where she was like, come on, you can cheer more than that. And the crowd went even crazier. I didn't realise. I mean, I missed her, but I didn't realise how much of an asset she is to the women's division. I've never been a fan of Paige. Oh, no way. No, no. I, I quite liked her in, in NXT. And I liked her when she first came up to the main roster, but I went very, very cold on her quite quickly. Mm. I don't know what it is. It's just, you didn't I, like the AJ Lee and Paige stuff? No, not really. Hmm. Um, I like uh, that quite a lot. But yeah, I, I ran very corner. So like, uh, her making a return it wasn't for me. Wasn't like, a, oh hey, she's back. However, what I will say in uh, to her credit is that when she does deliver promos, it doesn't sound like scripted nonsense. Yeah, it does. She comes across very natural when she says things, mm. and I really, really like that about her. And just, it's such a different accent to everyone else on mm. Raw. It does, yeah, it feels different, it feels unique, it just makes her feel special. It wakes you up from the copy and paste stuff we usually get from Raw. Uh, well, not so much recently, that's unfair, it's been quite good recently. Uh, so yeah, she but she finishes this promo with, and I didn't come alone. That really piqued my interest. Yes, I bet it did, and unfortunately it's uh, started off a tirade of jokes on the internet. Because of the, Oh, right, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, but yeah, and NX, I was like, what do you mean she didn't come alone? Is But everyone's out there. Is Asuka or Nia Jax going to... And then Mandy... Ro- well, I didn't realise who it was, but Mandy Rose and uh, Sonya Deville. Deville rushed the ring and beat up everyone, and Paige helped them beat up everyone. Pretty cool. Yeah, I actually re-watched this segment with my wife mm. uh, last night, and she was like, that is very cool. Um, she yeah, she was very impressed by the sort of the whole thing. But I, I um I thought it was a, a really little wicked segment. Yeah. And um I, I think I said this to you earlier. But kind of what I've really enjoyed about WWE this week is that after the big four, they tend to do these sort of NXT call ups. I'm so glad that after this one, they just focused on bringing more women up into mm. the into the roster because those divisions did feel very small and and contained and stale and stale. And that's the problem when you've only got six people. Mm. That's it gets stale very quickly, especially when you only really feature two of them, and then uh, you know at a time or all of them or all of them in one storyline. 
and so I was just I was really happy to see that that's what they they'd focused on with this um, NXT call up. Not only that, but they picked people that you wouldn't have expected to get called up yet. So I've seen a lot of people being like, oh, I wish it was Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, mm. which I kind of get because they are a, a tag team and they're more than ready to be brought up to the main roster. But I actually I'm kind of glad that they're not in this because I, I don't they don't need the association with Paige. They they can just come up on their own as a as a as a duo, and I think that that's much better. Also, I'm guessing that they're Ember Moon's first feud um, now as NXT Women's Champion, which is a perfect feud for for her to go into, really. Um, and yeah, it was just really. I was, I, Mandy Rose was the one, most surprising one for me because she hasn't been on TV for a while, but apparently that's been on purpose. Yeah, they took her off, so it's uh, they tend to do that sometimes. Yeah, but Sonya Deville's been on TV quite a bit as of late. I uh... she's having a feud with Ruby Riot, if I remember correctly. Well, that's uh, that's timely. Apropos, uh, the, the can I pitch you another way? And it's Ooh. just come just come into my head yeah. as you were talking about it earlier. So Paige announces herself as the fourth person for this match rather than Alicia Fox, and everyone's like, "Wait, Paige returned there. She comes down, and uh, they have the match." But then the NXT girls rush the ring, beat up everyone. Paige is like, "No, no, no! Don't hurt me." But then they help her up, and then it's like, oh, no, it's a team. Yeah. And then Paige wins. Oh, no, she won't. Oh, no, it's no DQ. Yeah. And then Paige wins. First feud against Alexa Bliss. Yeah, I could have, I could have gone with that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it was really good. I was just, yeah. just spitballing. Spitballing idea. So afterwards, speaking of Bliss, uh, she goes up to them backstage thinking, hey, heels, heel, I know how this goes. We're going to be best friends now, right? Yeah. And they beat PMS beat the crap out of her yeah you were very proud of yourself when you came up with uh, pms yesterday weren't you until i pointed out they that was already a team yeah. in in wwf pretty mean sisters yeah it's still good it's, it's still good you and you and vince russo were the ones who think that's a good joke no i don't think it's a good joke i think it's a funny coincidence <laughs> that team pcb and if you were to do the same thing for pages next faction it makes pms uh i think i am i'm very taken with mandy rose yeah, I, in, yeah. In I, what sense? In in a, uh, I just really like her. Yeah, do you know? What? I really like her. I think she looks like a star. Yeah, and it's going to come across as pervy, and that's not a complete lie. But I just think she's, yeah, she like she's just standing there. She looks the most impressive. I guess Ruby Wright's got a very distinctive look too. But Mandy Rose is just like she seems. She's got that star presence already. Didn't necessarily feel that from Deville. No, well, I've never been the biggest um, Sonya Deville fan because mm. I think I've said this to you when she's been on NXT before. I feel that she comes like her MMA gimmick just feels very phony. Like I know she, especially has... when you've got Shayna Baszler. Well, that's about. well, that's my my big concern for for um, Deville going forward is that yeah, you do have Shayna Baszler already under contract, and you've got all this Ronda Rousey stuff with her training with Brian Kendrick. You're looking to bring in Jessamine Duke, and you're looking to bring in like, Jessamine Duke. I think I get told off for saying Duke. Um, Jessamyn Duke and um, Marina Schaefer as soon as they come in as a unit all of a sudden Sonya Deville just looks like a joke mm. because she's not a superstar like Ronda Rousey and she's not you know legit MMA like you know all four of them so I think that'll be a real that that's where she was gonna that's where she'll struggle yeah it's uh the the other thing about this um I didn't realize until someone tweeted this to us Oh, they've just like brought one woman back and called five women up from NXT. Guess we're getting a, a women's Royal Rumble then. I was like, of course we are. Yeah. You've now expanded the whole like both divisions to twenty women, I suppose. That's how much the the Royal Rumble was rumored for for the women. Great stuff. Great That'd stuff. That'd be really cool. So happy. 
And that doesn't mean you don't have to have other NXT surprises in the Royal Rumble. No, exactly, because I think, uh, as someone pointed out, it's 20 if you include Lana. Right. And, okay. and I'm guessing that because she hasn't had a wrestling match in quite some time, they're not including Lana anymore. I mean, you can. It's a, she can be protected and a rumble eliminated really quickly. Yeah. Do the quick elimination spot as a joke. Next up, we had the culmination of the feud that was bubbling throughout the night. Braun Strowman versus Jason Jordan. And I loved it. I thought this was great. From It was just like... A, they were squaring off to each other, and Jordan looked so conflicted in that I want to be good, I want to impress my dad, but I'm also a cowardly little bitch. So he, and just the first thing he does is slap Braun, and then Braun likes, you know, is angry, and he and Jordan runs off. Yeah, I thought that was such good storytelling through physicality. Uh, what I really liked in this match was um, Jordan picking him up. Yes, I, I thought that was awesome because Jordan sold that so well. Yeah. He injured his leg yeah. off the back of that. I'm doing air quotes for podcast listeners. And he, he goes to make his escape. Just like... I mean, if if they think this is a babyface push for Jordan, uh, maybe I'm wide off the mark. I think they're telling a really sophisticated story with Jordan's character. You or maybe done, they're just pushing him as a babyface. You have done this before. Yeah. You, you thought we're going, like, you and I, uh, last week, saying, like, oh, that's that, all that nuanced stuff between Kurt Angle yeah. and Triple H, where they were, like, it was a nod of approval of Internet Pedigree, and we were way off the mark. Way off. Uh, but, the, yeah, Jason Jordan's stuff was really good. And then Kane attacked Braun from behind, continuing their feud, which I, you know, nobody, I didn't think anyone wants this, but it's it's happening. And uh, they, their feud is still in existence because the. I guess the. It was only. It feels like a long time ago, but their match was only last Monday. Never officially got started for some weird reason. Last time we saw Kane, he was being put through the ring by Strowman, and now Kane gets his revenge by putting uh, Braun's neck on a chair and then pushing him into the steel ring steps, which Braun sold fantastically. This is a spot that is done a lot with the chair, but. Hasn't been done for a while, though. I mean, it hasn't been done for a while, but the uh, point I'm making is that it's been done a lot in wrestling matches over the years. No one has sold it as well as mm. Braun Strowman did. Like, he legit looked like that he was choking. He'd gone, like, beat reds, and, like, it was just a terrific sell job by him. Yeah. Again, and it's it's very difficult to pull off, but he was a sympathetic giant, mm. and he's very, very good at that. Yeah, I just... He's on fire at the moment. Uh, I don't... I See, so this is another... Can I pitch another thing to Yo, you? Go ahead, pitch again. So Kane does that and walks out. Braun's, like, choking. Jason Jordan run back in and sort of, like, start attacking him. But I think that's too early. Yeah. Yeah, it's too early. I'll oh, shut up. Um, Cruiserweight eight-man tag next. Um, yeah. It was... It was a good match, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, Enzo came out with the Zoe train and they cut a bit of a promo, mm. but didn't really feel like it was going anywhere. And then they had a match, and that match was a match. And the baby faces won. Yeah. A random group of baby faces uh, Tazawa, Swan, Cedric, Alexander, and Mustafa Ali. Correct. Uh, yeah, what? Well, uh, doesn't mean anything. So let's uh, move on. Backstage. So on the, on oh. the topic of um, Enzo and the, and the Cruiserweight Championship, do you think that Ali is going to be his next challenger? No, Hideo Itami, I suppose. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we've said the long-term plan should be Ali versus Enzo. I think that's a great mm. great little feud. Uh, but they've maybe that was tied into the Neville storyline because, yeah. I thought they had some really good tension, Ali. And yeah. 
and doing those bits. Next up backstage, we had Jordan getting tended to in the trainer's room. Uh, Braun Strowman had refused medical attention. Of course he did. Of course he did. Uh, but we'll probably see him next week coming out of a dumpster. <laughs> I, how? Uh, what, what would you come out of if your throat's hurt? Um, Does he come out of a larger chair? I hope that he comes out with a, a bandage thing on. Like, you know, like almost like the uh, the, the Curtis Axel yeah. neck thing that he's got at the moment. And was like, oh my God, Braun's just like really hurt and injured. And then he just tears it off and be like, I'm not hurt. Especially like doing a stupid line like that, because that is Braun's big thing at the moment is saying ridiculous lines very loudly. So it gets picked up on microphones. Or, or I'm he, not going to play this game. Or uh, or he's got the neck brace on and he's like, look, look at this. Look what you've done to me. And Kane looks really close. And then a fist comes out of his neck and breaks that and punches Kane in the yeah. face. Uh, I do like that, but I don't. I wouldn't put. I wouldn't let Braun show weakness by having a neck brace. But on. it's not a real one. Yeah, but you know, still, it's just. I don't want that image. Okay. Yeah. Uh, God, we're shooting each other's ideas down left, right, and centre. I don't know what's happened. This is what happens when I don't bring notes. <laughs> um. So, uh, Kurt goes to see J- Jaden, Jason <laughs> Jordan, yep. in the trainer's room, and uh, Jordan goes, "They're right. He is a monster among men." which was about the 30th time they said that phrase tonight. Uh, and then Miz came in and tried to get his Intercontinental title match cancelled, but Kurt's like, jog on, mate. I'm here with my son. So Miz still has to fight. Who wants to walk with Elias? Uh, not the not the uh, Houston crowd. Nope. And although they were pretty good, it was a pretty good crowd, apparently not very good selling, though. Well, I was going to say, there was a moment during the uh, the Balor Joe match where you could see the entire front row on the hard camera side mm. that hadn't been sold. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit, uh, a bit worrying. Uh, but I guess, you know, four consecutive nights in the same city, in the same arena is, is hard to do. Like, you effectively kill that town for the rest of uh, the year. Uh, but yes, uh, yeah, so Matt Hardy comes out to interrupt Elias, and they have a little scuffle, and Elias walks off. I think just like Elias's main roster run has just been uninteresting feuds. Mm. Like he has an un- uninteresting feud that ends, and then he just starts another uninteresting feud with a different member of the Raw lower mid card, and then that ends, and then he just starts another uninteresting feud with another member of the Raw lower mid card. I hope someone of the SWAF Nation can find this out for us. Has he ever lost a feud overall? So I'm pretty sure he won the Finn Balor feud because Balor transitioned into Wyatt. Mm-hmm. And then he beat all of Titus Worldwide, yeah. so he won that feud. Uh, yeah. I think he's doing all right for himself. He just doesn't feel any over. It's the guitar and the act at the start that's over. Yeah, that, that's just, what Elias is. He is uh, seven minutes of screen time mm. on Raw every single week. He can come out, he can sing his song, draw some heat. Uh, one of the uh, Raw... What was this feud with Jason Jordan? How did that one end? Oh, yeah. Because Jason Jordan... Because he was throwing veg at him. At veg and uh, Elias smashed the guitar over his head. Maybe Jordan got the better of that I think Jordan might have won that one. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, that 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 is just what Elias does. Mm. He is he's going no Quite forgettable. He's going nowhere fast. Uh, now the main event was the Miz versus Roman Reigns, and they have great chemistry together. They really do. They this was a really really good match. Uh, went about just over ten minutes, I think, and I I was just it was just a great match all the way through. I particularly liked. Um, Roman tried to do the Superman punch off the steel steps on the outside quite early on and Miz countered it into a kick DDT and then Roman 
oh my god, he was so close to that 10 count being counted out. But he just got in and I was like, oh, well done, Roman. Wait a sec, I just cheered for Roman. Uh, and you're not alone yeah. because um, the Houston crowd were very into Roman Reigns tonight. And like, uh, you know, he was getting the louder of the loudest reactions uh, of all the like of all the people on the roster that night. Mm. I mean, people don't like, you know, there are people that don't like Roman, but you can't argue that the man isn't over. And he was just getting incredible reactions all night long. He was he felt like he was the most over member of the shield. Mm. Um, and and yeah, yeah. I, and I, I think that really helped this main event because the crowd was super behind him. So that the Miz being such a good heel, uh, the Shield reunion are all helping Roman get over as a babyface. Let's see what happens in a few months. But did you see what he said in the post match about the open challenge? Start doing some open challenge stuff. What a good idea to to help get him over even more. If you just keep like putting guys in there, and Roman can have great matches. He's a very good wrestler. Yeah, and he just you know just like John Cena did night after uh, week after week, giving young guys a chance to beat him, but just you know putting them over, but beating them in the end. It's only going to help him, I think. Uh, yeah, so. Fingers crossed. Well, we thought that about AJ Styles' open challenge, and that didn't really happen, though. Yeah, so, I mean, because we haven't actually given said the the finish of this Mm. year, there was a bit of interference from uh, the bar. The bar. Uh, The bar came out, and they interfered, and I thought that was going to be the finish. I really bought into that. Uh, I I thought it was a tremendous near fall. Yes. And then the shield came out and took out them, and then it was a spear. One, two, three. Roman Reigns is your new Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, because... uh, yeah, Miz hit the skull-crushing finale after the bar. I think sometimes people think any interference is like, oh, it's overbooking. But um, I th- this really made me appreciate how much interference can add to a match. Uh, because it was behind the referee's back, you know, it wasn't, you, you got heat from that. And like you said, we both bought into that. I was like, oh my god, it's 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 over. Reigns has been screwed out of this. Even though like I don't like Reigns' character, I'm somehow rooting for him. And then when he kicked out, I was like, yes, come on, Roman. And then he won. It was like, yeah, babyface overcoming the odds. It was a great story. Yeah. And yeah, Roman Reigns is a Grand Slam champion. Certainly in is. WWE. Apparently you forgot uh, Shawn Michaels in the news yesterday. No, I did say officially recognized modern day. And Shawn Michaels is not considered that on Wikipedia or by <laughs> WWE.com. Uh, so I stand by my what I said. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's a SmackDown review, Michael. I love it. We got us a flying Uso. SmackDown opened with Shane McMahon coming out to talk about how good SmackDown is despite losing Survivor Series uh, quite significantly in the 5-on-5 and losing the four main matches on the seven-match card. Yeah, I am sick of Shane McMahon and I am sick of McMahon's opening Raw and SmackDown. He... Uh, also did my least favorite thing one of my least favorite things in WWE at the moment where like he's just had this big devastating loss his whole under siege thing has completely backfired on him and proven that Smackdown is in fact the B show and Raw is the A show so what does Shane do he just bounces and dances around smiling away he's got this big smile on his face which has to lead to Tom Phillips go like I think he's hurting on the inside doing his shuffling feet thing like sell your injuries mate like if if you if you've just gone through hell if you've just had a big thing sell your injuries you don't need to have then tom phillips go like i'm sure he's hurting on the inside especially because you are the least trained person on that on that roster you are not an actual wrestler you're a 47 year old man you should be walking out with tape all over you uh, just just from wrestling a match let alone doing a hell in a cell and you came out the next night with a little black eye uh, from the Undertaker one uh, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. This was I'm really, really sick of Shane McMahon. He's not an engaging yeah. character. He's dominating. He's not a good performer. He's a crap promo. He was just goofing around here. I and it, and the content of what he was saying was not credible or believable. And the you could tell from the crowd because he was like, "SmackDown is the show," as we proved that Survivor Series. And everyone's like, "Woo!" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was it really did feel like revisionist history mm. and it was just like uh, it was i really really hated this promo yeah uh so kevin owens and Sami Zayn came out to make it good well yeah and this is the thing is because their revisionist history that they're now telling about mm. um survivor series is not that triple h screwed him or triple h backstabbed him or triple h played mind games with him it's that kevin owens and Sami Zayn cost um, smackdown the match even though Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens had very little uh, effect in that match because as soon as they came out, Shane McMahon beat them up and sent them running. All they did was prevent a hot tag from Randy Orton on Shane McMahon. Yeah. That was it. And then Shane McMahon chased them off with a chair immediately. But again, revisionist history, the story from Survivor Series now is that Shane is that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn cost SmackDown that mm. match. It's like coming out of Survivor Series, I was interested in the Triple H, Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon 
thing, their feud. What's going on there? It's mysterious. Why did things unfold the way they did? That was the the least important thing uh, on both shows. Shows, yeah, it was uh, not a fan of that. No, uh, but I did. I was a big fan of Owens. Has been wearing his blue fight anyone T-shirts for months. This time he was red. Yeah, I like and the fact so he's red, was Sami Zayn. Yeah, I thought it was a nice touch. Uh, and Owens and Zayn are just tremendous. They just kept on saying, "Look, like you said earlier, we could have beat them two on five, yeah, even even Triple H." H. Uh, and Shane was like, "Well, you didn't, and you tried to cost us, so you're." F-, and he was going to say, "You're fired." And I thought, "Oh, you know what? Like, I wouldn't mind them going to Raw actually, and they that could be pretty good." And then Daniel Bryan came out and said uh, before you do that I've got a better idea everyone's really angry at you so let's have a main event with you versus the New Day and everyone else's Lumberjacks yeah that Lumberjack match um, I'll, we'll obviously talk about it a bit later on but really exposed how small the Smackdown Live roster is especially when Randy Orton is at home having baths <laughs> so to, they all, at least they I mean at least they tried to put this in Brian's speech where he said I've sent Randy home because he's not sure what he would do. He's so angry with you. Like, what? No, what? That is not the reason. I was going to say, I, I did write in my notes, I don't buy that for a second. Yeah. Like, as a uh, the Randy Orton character, a man who's never shown any brand loyalty, I'm like, don't buy that for a second. Yeah. I wonder how John Cena's feeling about it as well. Barely any mention of him. All, all, Rand- all that happened to Randy Orton was that he didn't get the hot tag in that moment. Yeah, so uh, again, it's the double speak when no one gets to be credible because the what they're saying is quite transparently false. Revision is history. Uh, so yeah, Brian said all that, and we've got a main event now. This was the if any the uh, the best thing on this show, and I, you know, put my cards on the table. I hated this show. Uh, I think I'm going to end up hating the show more at the end of mm, this review than I did in my four minutes. It's just. I just thought it was a complete waste. I'm going to be really interested to hear this because I do remember at the end of the show being like, well, I quite enjoyed that. Mm. So, but the the best thing about this this bad show was Brian Brian's performance. It just wasn't usual Brian. He very, whatever his character motivation is, and like, oh, what did I just knock over there? Scott Steiner. Whatever his character motivation is, he is, he, he's portraying it in a very good way. He's sort of, He's obviously pissed off at something. Most probably the shame at man doing the invasion thing, the dissension and tension there. But uh, he's he's trying to play it cool. And it feels like he's going in a heel direction. But a justified heel direction. I'm very curious about that bit at least. Next up, so first match was Shelton Benjamin versus Jey Uso. They had they've got good chemistry together. I really enjoyed yeah. this. Yeah, I really I love seeing these two work together. It's just the super kicks they did. Uh, Shelton Benjamin did this high knee spot. Yeah, was awesome. Loved it. And Chad Gable played into the finish where he's still showing those heel tendencies. He got up on the apron. I think they're full on heels. You know, you keep saying they're showing heel tendencies, but I think they're full on heels. Yeah, I guess they are. But I mean, they're, at the moment they're just guys who cheat for me. They're not, they haven't been like. They haven't done anything to... They just feel on the cusp, like they haven't fully gone to the dark side. I disagree. I I, I would cra- mm. categorise them as heels. Uh, okay, well, that, yeah, I, I get that as well. For me, uh, there's still still maybe maybe a little bit baby face in there. Uh, but Shelton won because of that interference. So we've had Chad Gable versus uh, Jimmy, 
we've had Benjamin versus Jay, which means next week we'll probably get a tag match. Hopefully so. So, although uh, maybe they'll save that for Clash of Champions. Oh, what? And just keep on doing this. Ne- next week it will be Gable versus Jay. Yep. And Benjamin versus Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's your next two weeks worth of bookings. Right? Uh, <laughs> Then we had uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn backstage trying to recruit the Lumberjacks yeah. to get them to their side. This was a nice uh, through arc for the night. They go, they go to Baron Corbin and Corbin, brilliant character line. What's in it for me? Yeah, it's just like that. It just that's what he is. He's the lone wolf. Uh, although he does still show brand loyalty, which is a bit confusing. I was going to say my I think with Baron Corbin here is that especially after the Miz's promo, like. Baron wasn't on this show yeah. apart from just being a lumberjack so like that big win and I'm using air quotes there for podcast listeners that big win he had over the Miz has meant nothing I think I got the big win air quotes in the tone of your voice oh yeah maybe we don't have to say air quotes maybe we can just be obnoxious <laughs> uh, uh, where were we oh I also thought of a, a, a big giant that um, Vince can book oh, yes. a baby face Kane and the Undertaker yeah yeah, I guess so. And Big Show. They always still feel like heels for me, and Big Show was never... Oh, Kane, come on, this feud with X-Pac. Oh, okay. Big Show never felt like a a, a good babyface monster. No. Yeah. Because but... yeah. they always booked him as a giant, like, he just looks like a giant baby. And he cries. Yeah. Uh, and he, he breaks his hand. <laughs> Bobby Roode was the other person they went to backstage, and Roode showed the most passion he has done so far and I was like don't you dare say glorious this is a good promo so far it feels realistic that anger feels genuine don't you dare say glorious and he didn't no nope. just walked off so that was good so they yeah Bobby Roode turned uh, Owens and Zane down saying like Survivor Series was the biggest chance of his career so far and also there was a nice little setup in this segment here that played off in the main event because when mm, yes. Kevin and Sammy were asking Bazza if they wanted to, like, you know, join, if he wanted to join their team, he said, when you talk to someone, I can't remember the exact word now, it's like, that's like a more weak minded. Ah. And that sent them off to find Bobby Roode. So Baron Corbin has already shown here that he doesn't like Bobby Roode. Mm. And that does play into the main event finish. Uh, then we had a Bludgeon Brothers promo for tonight. Yes. And I, even when it said tonight, Bludgeon Brothers, I was like, I'm not getting my hopes up. They've they've done this to me too many times before. Later on, they did the Fashion Files Saw coming next week. I'm, I'm, until it's playing, I don't believe it. Uh, then we went to Naomi backstage getting some makeup done. Yep. With an awful, awful acting. Awful acting. Do you remember this? Yes, I don't know I do where this got this, yeah. on these. She's just like sitting there talking to some faceless makeup lady. And they're like probably, Naomi, we're live now. And she goes... Oh man, I'm just so annoyed that we lost at Survivor Series, but I'm happy for Charlotte because she beat Alex. Oh hi, Ruby Riot. And it was, <laughs> uh, it was kind of like the room level of yeah. acting. Oh hi, Mark. Oh, yeah. oh hi, Ruby. Yeah, atrocious. Also, I wanted to ask as well why Naomi was getting her makeup done when she wasn't on TV. Hey, maybe she had a photo shoot backstage. Oh, maybe she so. just wants to feel that glow, <laughs> yeah, whatever that means. Yeah. Uh, but yes, this uh, this tattooed lady with a shaved part of her head yep. and piercings came Whoa. up to her. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would walk the other way. Would you really? Yes. I'm, oh, if it was a dark street, I'm not going near a punk. <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> I put my phone in my pocket, and I'd, I'd have my hand on my keys just in case I had to swing. 
This is the sort of people I walk towards. I know they're the safest uh, people. Yeah, I'm only I'm only joshing. I know they're not all there to beat me up. Uh, and Ruby writes like, "Hi, uh, how's it going? Nice glow." Here's my friends, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. Mm-hmm. Are we going to beat you up now? Boom, 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 boom. And then Becky Lynch's like, what's, what's going on here then? <laughs> Is that a good one? Is that no, a good no impression? I, I wouldn't have said so, no. What's going on here? Witabix. Witabix. Power, power share. I was going to say it's power share. Power share. Witabix. Once again? Power share. Power share. Power share. That's better. What's going on here then? <laughs> it's just a pirate, isn't it? Maybe. I like Weedabix. Yeah, Weedabix. 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 Jerry Adams. If, uh, yeah, these are just the, a- if a lot of people don't know what we're doing, those are the entry words into an <laughs> Irish accent. Uh, apparently they help you to say it. Not me, though. And Becky Lynch got quite brutally beaten up and sold it really well. She's a very good actor. Yeah, she sold great. this really, really well. And, um, yeah, so we now have another trio mm. unit and... They were actually they were really putting this over on commentary that it's another load of NXT call ups, and on Raw they were like, "Are oh, they from NXT?" And you've got to wonder if there's maybe some. Okay, okay, maybe I'm reading too much into this, or maybe I'm projecting. Maybe there is some sort of coalition on both sides mm. that they're both trying to destroy or take over the brands, but they're working together just on different shows. Because if they're not. That it's just super lazy. That it's just like, oh, we're bringing up three women. What are we going to do with them? Should we put them as a group as well? Yeah, okay. Especially when you consider that both teams have got the pale goth, the muscle, and the pretty blonde. They're the exact same team on both shows. Yeah. Like yeah. it's the, like so. I'm I'm hoping there is some sort of cohesiveness between the two. Because if it's not. I this is just the laziest writing. I completely agree. I don't have faith. I think this is just completely lazy writing because you're like, but if those two teams do eventually get together, if they are one cohesive unit, they'll just look like doubles. (laughs) You want them to be different. Plus, when's the best time to debut a cross-brand faction that can go to war with the other parts of the brand? Oh, it's Survivor Series. It happened two nights ago. We're not going to get another one for 363 days. You mean the one night of the year? The (laughs) one night a year. I mean, I suppose you could do it in the Royal Rumble, but that's kind of all people for themselves anyway. So the team dynamic's going to break down. I wonder if that is the spot we're going to get in the Rumble when those teams do face off against each other. Yeah. But that's going to look... It's, that's really... It is It is bad. It, because, and you know why it's so bad? Not just because it's copy and paste and all that. It's because by doing... I don't know if you ever did this as a kid. I was really into music and I would buy as many albums as possible when I... I would save up. So I'd come home with like three albums. They used to do like three CDs for 20 quid offer at Virgin. And I'd come back and I'd, I'd want to listen to all of them equally. Even though they were all equally good albums, one came out on top. And that's what's going to happen here. They could, like, Ruby Riot's team could be better than Paige's team. But they're not going to be, they're always going to be seen as a pair limitation because the star power of Paige and they debuted second. It's just like further solidifying after Survivor Series. This is the B show. This is the pair limitation. Trash. Absolute trash. The spot in the Royal Rumble will be totally worth it, though, if they do like (sighs) the, the mirror thing. If they both just that would be, hands. yeah, that would make it all worth it. Right. <laughs> totally make it all worthwhile. Yeah. So yeah, just just bad. Um, 
what made me the beatdown was good i liked the becky lynch selling and the being crushed by the door then it cuts to shane mcmahon and daniel bryan backstage and this is uh, this so shane mcmahon then goes huh didn't know didn't know about the nxt call-ups but cool stuff man uh i'm like their heels beating up like a baby face is quite brutal. You're like, that didn't look nice on Becky Lynch. That looked like a serious injury if you were playing it up like that. Oh, but I'm not meant to care now because Shane McMahon's telling me it's all okay. And now he's going home. And then he said an F word. Now he's going Naughty home because Ollie. everything's fine. What on earth is that all about? Your baby face commissioner and your baby face general manager who seems to be going in a bit of a tweener role, so that's okay. But Shane should be like, whoa, whoa, we can't have, uh, you know, our people getting beaten up... St- uh, back backstage he's like oh no that's totally fine cool call-ups wish i would have known about it though mate i and and like the story there surely should be daniel bryan didn't tell shane about the nxt call-ups this is a retaliation for when shane didn't tell bryan about the invasion angle can i say you the one thing i did like yes please at least they explained how there were nxt call-ups that yeah. there had been daniel bryan had been doing some negotiating with William Regal and NXT. Whereas on Raw, because they have a general manager and they have a commissioner, neither of them feel like they're interested in the show. (laughs) They just feel like they are just there on the show. Stephanie just wants to be the focus of attention. And um, Kurt Angle is just always tied up with whatever Jason Jordan is doing. And on his phone. And texting on his phone. So at least like... On here, on SmackDown, it feels like, oh, this actually feels like it's a business that's being run, and these are the two lads mm. that are running th- this business. You say that, but then Shane McMahon said after that bit of flippantly disregarding the debut brutal angle you want it to be, you want to put it over like that, like you know, we need to find these NXT people now and tell them that's not how we do things down here at SmackDown. He then says, yeah, everything totally seems to be going fine. <laughs> I'm going to go home. I'm sorry, I'm going to go to the hotel, kick back and watch uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn get their asses kicked at, in the main event. So what? So that's stupid, first, first off, and it makes SmackDown feel insignificant because, okay, Shane McMahon, he's the guy I've been told the star is now going home because what else, like, it's not important for him to preside over despite aforementioned beatdown. Why not have him still selling his injuries and be like I've got to go home because I'm injured from the match I'd had Uh, but please take control of everything Daniel Bryan secondly it is when Shane went home it sets up like oh Daniel Bryan does seem annoyed here and that's the that's the only saving grace of this show whatever's going on with Daniel Bryan because you know he was he he was very like no comment but it seems interesting on the NXT call-ups it feels like he's on Kevin and Sammy's side because their tension is with Shane McMahon. Maybe there's some shared this uh, dislike there. It's when Shane McMahon goes home, you're like, something's gonna happen. The big boss has gone home, and you've got this main event, Daniel Bryan. What's going on? And then the main event just spectacularly lets you down in terms of an angle. Yeah, really did. Because uh, you're right. This really did feel like it was setting you up for something big that was going to happen at the end. And spoilers for the end of this show, nothing really did. Yeah. So, uh, any any more on this tiny? No, I, I I feel that you have said more than could ever be said about a two minutes. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I dominated that bit. So, 
I, I will. I will let you do. Let's talk about the clear this... highlight of this. Something that I have been looking forward to for weeks. Something that I have said is going to be awesome. No one believed me, but you're all you're all looking silly now, yeah. aren't you? The Bludgeon Brothers debuted on SmackDown Live, beating the Hype Bros, who apparently are Bezzy mates again. No dissension between the Hype Bros. Guess that storyline was dropped, much in the same way that I'm guessing the Bludgeon Brothers and the Fashion Files has also been dropped, because that hasn't been on for a while either. Well, that's on next week, isn't it? So maybe well, it's revealed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's not, that's, I'm pretty sure it was meant to be AJ versus Jinder this week. That's what Ooh, I, that, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure because I had a lot of people saying like, "Oh, it's AJ versus Jinder this week." I really hope they don't put the title back on Jinder. Mm. I'm pretty sure that Jinder had said like, "Oh, I'm revoking or invoking my rematch clause on SmackDown Live." I can't remember that, but that totally sounds like something that would happen. Yeah. Do you want to tell me why you like the Bludgeon Brothers They're so much? They're just so cool. They came out, they got wicked outfits, they got cool music, they carry these big hammers. It's just brilliant. I loved every single thing and they just looked awesome they came into the ring and they destroyed the hype bros quite mm. easily it was a brilliant squash match uh, there was there was a moment in which like they throw uh, Mojo into the corner and then Luke Harper just turns around and slaps Rowan so hard yeah, across yeah. the face and that just fired Rowan up even more and they did a big whip charge into the corner oh this was this was beautiful, beautiful squash television. I This is professional <laughs> wrestling through and through and through, and I loved every second of it. Agree on the music. Love the squash match. Really good way to get them over at the start. Thought they looked great. But hey, Cynical Ollie's back here. Oh, hello. There was nothing wrong with the Wyatt family. <laughs> no, but like... Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, know. sometimes you've got to give them new gimmicks. Sometimes you've got to repackage them. And they've got cool music out of it, and they've got like matching red and black gear... And they've got these big hammers that they carry to the ring. It's so cool. And then Rowan puts his his little cheap mask mm. thing on top of the hammer. Brilliant. Next up, we had Natalia saying she's going to win her title back from Charlotte. And she had a nice little line about Ric Flair being a blubbery mess uh, from last week when Charlotte won. Yeah. So that was good. Setting up their match later on. Then AJ Styles came out uh, just missing out on the Brock Lesnar victory at the weekend. And uh, they showed a clip of the Paul Heyman backstage promo that wasn't on Survivor Series. It was like a WWE.com exclusive. I'm so glad they did because yeah. that you know it makes AJ feel even bigger. That was a great promo in itself. He's comparing him to Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair and how he's updated their styles to a modern day thing. AJ looked like a million bucks. And God bless AJ Styles selling the match that he had two yeah. nights ago. Yeah. Still what, stretching his neck yeah. out. What a professional. Yeah. And like and that really then puts over the the battle that the war he had with Brock Lesnar and made the match feel even bigger. It was already the best match on the card yeah. and now it feels like an even more important match because although there wasn't a championship on the line, it still felt like it had some stakes behind it. And it exposes Shane McMahon for how ridiculous that his no selling was. Uh, no, no, Tom Phillips going like I'm sure he's hurting on the mm. inside. Uh, AJ's promo here on Brock was spectacular. He was like, you know, you don't you don't win trophies for coming in second place. So you know, he's graciously accepted defeat. But then he's like, but I wasn't the one limping out. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that's a money line. And then he said, if you want a rematch, and the whole idea was the Rocky theme. AJ going against Brock was like Rocky. Rocky wins in the sequel. Yeah. And I was like, that is money. Uh, spoiler, but that is money. <laughs> and then it all came crashing down to 
oh, I forgot Jinder Mahal was a thing. Here's the thing. So I, um, yeah, I, I knew they were going to do Jinder and AJ at Clash of Champions. Because I, I thought they were doing this championship match mm. on TV this week, but I was like, but I bet you they'll also do it at Clash of Champions. And actually, my kind of hope for this is we were going to get another debut, another challenger that was set forward to AJ. And then I was watching, I was like, but it's just going to be, it's just going to be Jinder. And yeah, when Jinder came up, I was like, oh, this is, this is coming crashing down now. And then so Jinder cuts this promo on the, on the, the video screen. It's not very interesting. I think he calls himself Beastmaster again. Copyright infringement. Does. Um, and then the, the Singh brothers try to attack AJ. He like beats them up and then Jinder says that we're going to fight at Clash of Champions and then there's my favourite heel thing in the world where he just goes ha 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 does his big evil laugh and then that's it he Jinder has great facial expressions he, he really screws up his nose I'm, I'm a big fan of that but that's where it kind of ends because after that massive high the star power and match quality of AJ versus Brock it just punctures all of that by, oh man, I, I totally forgot Jinder Mahal was the champion. God, what an insignificant champion he was with a, with a horrible run as the top title holder. And now AJ's got to, with this stupid automatic rematch clause, AJ is stuck with him for another month. When what you want to do is carry that momentum forward from Survivor Series and give AJ a hot program coming out of it. This is not a hot program. program. There's no, like actual few blood feud there uh apart from jin the singh brothers coming out to attack him which aren't a threat yeah well here's here's my the other thing to to add on to this and as i said earlier when the the lumberjack match really exposed how small the smackdown live roster is it also exposes just what a load of mid carders they Mm -hmm. all are and it's not a, a slight on them it's a slight on the way that they have been booked and the way they have been positioned because every single person out there was like, you're all mid-card geeks. With the, and even Nakamura when he was out there, I was like, yeah, you don't feel like a main eventer. And then I was, looking, I was like, but you are probably the most legit main eventer that's out mm. here. Everyone else, because of the way they've been booked and the way they've been positioned on SmackDown, does not feel like a top contender. So that means that AJ Styles, now a champion, has no one to go up against him Except for Nakamura and Randy Orton, I suppose. Mm. Which, a Randy Orton, uh, AJ Styles feud, I wouldn't mind at all. They had two corkers uh, early in the, earlier in the year. But also, let's try and create some new stars. Yes, yes, of course. Um, Owens and Sammy were backstage next, still trying to find some, uh, some help. And this was what glorious help they found. Yeah. Opening the door, and there's Rusev and Aiden English, and Aiden English is just serenading Rusev with Rusev Day. That's what they do in their spare time. Love this. Yeah, this is great. Uh, and I, I would say that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn walked backstage and then just talked a lot of sense. Mm. Because every point that they made there, I was like, yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they were just complimenting them, like, oh, D- Rusev Day's great, got such a great voice, and it was... It was good heel stuff. Yeah, I heard that. I think he said that Kofi. I think Kofi said that you're not a very good singer. Mm. It's just what I heard. Yeah, Sammy's so good at that, like the yeah. the big hand expressions. It's a nice contrast to Kevin Owens, who's just standing there, mean. Uh, the Usos did their Black Friday shop advert. Raw totally won this with the Glanderson one, and then we had Charlotte versus Natalia. Decent match. 
They, in fact, I, I was quite enjoying the match. Well, I mean, for me, it was it, it was all in the commercial break. Yeah. Like they, they did one move, and then it went to commercial break, and when they came back, they were doing near falls. So, like for me, there's, there's, there was zero drama. I like the near falls, maybe, then is what I meant to say. And then Ruby, uh, Morgan, and Logan came out, the heel NXT women's faction from earlier. Ruby, like, I've never seen someone struggle so much to get over a barricade. Mm. She really struggled to get over that thing. And they attacked Natalia and then went after Charlotte. There was an NXT chant from the crowd. I'm glad they did this because it made them feel in front of the crowd like a bigger deal. Just doing a backstage thing wasn't as good. But yeah, it is, it is just copy and paste from the previous night. Someone tweeted me that, uh, something that really made me chuckle, which was just like, Smackdown feels like they've got to school, realised there's homework to be done, looked at Raw and said, oh, can I copy yours? Mm, yeah, that is good. Uh, then Brian's backstage off the back of this. And uh, they, they ask him what the NXT invasion's like, those those three women. And he just says, yeah, it's an interesting situation. No comment. I was like, that's what's going on there. Mm. It's just to seem... Uh... And then KO and Sammy says they're gonna he's going to regret, regret <laughs> putting them in a lumberjack match. Then a tease for Fashion Files next week, the Saw version. We'll see. About three weeks after the last one. And new de- then the main event of New Day versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn with all the lumberjacks out there. Yeah, with the exception of uh, you've got here Orton, Ziggler, and Bludgeon Brothers, and I think I can't think of anyone else that wasn't. Well, Jinder Mahal. Yeah, John and, Cena. And AJ's. Yeah, and AJ. Uh, so yeah, Orton's having a bath. Ziggler is an interesting omission. Did you see his tweet that someone asked him, "So are you ever going to cut your hair?" And he said, um, "Yeah, when I leave." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, curious one. Bludgeon Brothers, I get because. Uh, they debuted. You want to s- still protect them. Also, Orton's they, having a bath. Also, they'd just be swinging their hammers at everyone, yeah. killing all of them. And but Zig- Ziggler's a weird one. That 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 is a bit strange that he's not there. Don't know if it. You know, it's just us speculating though. Uh, and now Z- Xavier Woods not in the match. It was Biggie and Kofi, but Xavier was dressed like a lumberjack. Yeah, I like that. Um, now Ko and Sammy. It was it was a decent match. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and the the lumberjacks were siding with. Uh, the, the faces and they, they all carried Sami Zayn back in at one point they let Kofi get back in on his own accord but again I didn't quite buy into it because like Sami and Kevin Owens didn't cost Smackdown the uh, the the match and so like when Corey's really siding with mm. Kevin and Sami and when Byron's really siding with the rest of Smackdown I'm like I don't buy any of this because that's not what happens it, it falls down at the fundamental yeah, level really. so you can't really yeah. get into any of it uh, but then, and this was, it's sort of like the Samoa Joe Finn Balor thing from Survivor Series, where all of a sudden they're like, no, nah, no, nah, I hate you now. Urgh, we're going to scuffle. I think it's because Baron went to attack Sammy, Sammy ducked, and Baron hits Rude. Sure, that explains them two. Oh, I see but what you're saying. But why the hell did everyone else start fighting? Yeah, uh, well, you know, when you see a fight, the first thing you do is you also just start, get, just yeah, get a bit rowdy. Um Again, that's what I mean. It tied into so that's obviously uh, Corbin's next United States program yes. with uh, yeah. with Bobby Roode, which uh, I think that's that's good. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, now, Sammy got the when everyone was fighting. Sammy got a cheap win in the confusion, and this is so the the psychology element was off already, which I didn't mind because of the whole KO and Sammy are outsiders. But you know, you've got the heels at a big disadvantage here when usually you want the baby faces at a disadvantage. But didn't mind it. But at the end, it did feel a bit strange that three guys were beating up one guy and the three guys were the baby faces. Because Owens uh, escaped he through bails. the crowd. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I can I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, and I think the crowd could certainly agree with that as well because the crowd were very dead for this bit. Well, I think they were, there's that, and they were expecting something big, and there was nothing big. The big announcement was Kevin Owens comes backstage. He's like, "Don't fire me, Daniel Bryan. Don't fire me and Sammy." I'm like, "Your jobs weren't on the line anyway." That would have been a more interesting stipulation for this match. Uh, and then Bryan's like, "Don't worry, I recognise your talent. I've got big plans for you next week." You're in a match against Randy Orton. That's the big angle. Guess so. Yeah, well, he's the star. What? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was a really weird thing because, like, it, uh, him saying you're going to be facing Randy Orton, I was like, this goes against everything that you've been doing as a character all night long. Yeah, if this was a show that I was half into, I would not watch next week's episode. Well, I think that when you come to next week, Shane's going to be very annoyed because he specifically said that after this was done that Kevin and Sammy are going to be fired. And I think that Shane was expecting him to, to fire him around and book him in more matches. Because you've even then got Byron Saxon on commentary going like, oh, I hope this is the last night for them. Mm. I can't wait to see the back of them. I think it's quite obvious who I'm going for. <laughs> Raw one for me. I thought SmackDown was atrocious. Yeah, I'm going to say SmackDown. No, I'm kidding. I'm saying Raw. <laughs> we were going to come to Fisty Cups for a moment there. I actually genuinely did enjoy... I didn't hate SmackDown quite as much as you did, but um, I very much appreciate all the things that, that you've said, and mm. I, I agree with everything that you have said as well. Having said that, I quite enjoyed the, the opening match. I, I enjoyed the, the NXT Women's debut, even though it was copy and paste, plus the Bludgeon Brothers are the best thing in WWE at the moment. And I really enjoyed the main event. Having said that, I think Raw probably was the better show. By, by a mile, by, by so far, in the distance, I can't even see it. Uh, it's it's like go home shows. You expect a significant, like a a specific quality from them because that's the big thing going into the that makes you want to order the pay per view. It's a similar thing for the the night after the pay per view or the show after the pay per view. You want to carry that momentum forward, not trip it up and then make it confusing and not be consistent with anything. At or oh, just didn't like it at all. Really didn't like it. And there is. A fatigue element here where we watched some fantastic wrestling at NXT on Saturday. We watched some, you know, a, a really long show with some great wrestling on on Sunday with Survivor Series. Raw had its fair share of good matches as well. And now this, awful for me. See, I told you listeners, he was very upset. Mm, yeah. It just, yeah, it was not. It's like... I gave it an Ellsworthy, so a 2 out of 5 in my SmackDown live review. And just like the top, uh, like, 5 out of 5, I only give that to stuff which has three excellent moments on. And to go right down to the bottom, it has it has to have, like, two awful character-ruining moments. So most of my reviews do tend to sit in the 2 to 4 out of 5. Uh, this didn't have anything that was atrociously ruining to anyone but it was all over the place I, yeah I did not enjoy it in the slightest apart from Bludgeon Brothers I mean even Bludgeon Brothers I'm just kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt but I much preferred the Wyatt family they do look stupid you're making me angry again Luke and that was a bit I liked <laughs> sorry uh, so let's do some quick reviews because Luke is Apparently, Luke told me he got quite quiet at the end there. And I thought, I was I was worried. I was like, oh no, am I talking too much? And you were like, 
thank God you did, because I was dying on air. Yeah, uh, so I actually, I, I had a pretty naff sleep, but I came into the studio and I was like, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm snotty, I'm stuffy, but I'm all right. But as that show went on, the worse I got, and then my eye really started to hurt by the end of it. I was like, I had to get out of the studio, I had mm. to get out of the studio. So yeah, so thank you very much for covering for me towards the end. I would usually say, as the, the Briscoe brothers would in Ring of Honor, man up. You manned up, that's what you did. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you saw through the, the Wrestle Ramble main bulk, my lady partner has been trying to get that phrase out of my lexicon. Mmm. Uh, so, <laughs> I would say, you personed up well. <laughs> you personed up so well. It does not have the same ring to it. It really doesn't know. I mean, it's mankind. I guess the connotations are for it. I don't know. <laughs> Screw that. Uh, Alex Chapman writes, Heart emoji. Ollie, you're going over, but you have to make Luke look strong. Ooh, let's get ready to ramble. Double smiley face emoji. Thank you, Alex Chapman. Thank you very much. That's a good review. It's sort of got a lot of different in-jokes. It certainly has, yeah. And in fact, actually, the next review has got quite the in-joke as its title. Mm, Wow, that is specific and obscure. Why have we never said, let's get ready to ramble? I think we might have done early on in the in the podcast days. And then we thought, no, that's too slick yeah. and obvious. Exactly. Let's get away from that. I quite like that. <laughs> I'll, I'll forget about it to come tomorrow, but uh, if it stays in, well done, Alex. Now, Chris is the next reviewer and our last one. Uh, he His actual iTunes name, <laughs> he uh, proudly declares himself a £5 Patreon supporter. So it's got Chris, brackets, £5 Patreon supporter, close brackets. Now, that means all of the reviews he writes for any podcast, it's going to say that. But uh, one would assume he's only written this one review. And he's created an iTunes review solely to do this, and uh, he's not going to review anything else. I can click on his name. We can... We're going to bust you, Chris. (laughs) Ah, no, Uh, there are no other reviews available. Told you. Oh, there you go. So it's to us. I mean, not to nitpick, and we do really appreciate you pledging uh, Patreon support to us, but really, it's about £4.20. Yeah, because it's $5. Because it's $5. So either you change the, uh, the currency in your name, or you bring it down a bit, because that's fraud. What you've just done is fraud, Chris. He writes those stuffed crust margarita as the... In all uh, caps. In all caps as the headline. I told you I've given up pizza. No? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Oh, I, you know, you did because then I told you I had pizza last week. Yeah, yeah, quite graphically. Yeah, sorry about that. I was getting angry. Uh, I Yeah, yeah, so I thought, you know what? It always makes me feel bad. And then I, fe- I listened to a podcast and they said, by the way, gluten, uh, your body attacks gluten... Uh, and the, these various receptors in it, so your body effectively starts attacking its own brain. Oof. Yeah, and I, I don't care about my body going to crap, but I like my brain. Yeah. So I thought, okay, pizza's probably the largest source of gluten <laughs> I get. I'm going to try and give it up for at least a month. Uh, or I, do you know, commit like I did, do it for a year. What, 90% vegan? No, no, no. Well, you have sausages every day. I do not have sausages every day, <laughs> thank you very huh. much. Uh, I have been all vegan all day today. Um, You've probably hardly eaten. I haven't eaten a lot. Um, but the... No, like, giving up uh, chocolate and sweets and, yeah, and drinks. Yeah. Like, you just got to commit to these things, man. Stop giving money to the corporations. Uh, pizza. I think pizza's okay, though, from the co-op as well. That yeah. benefits the local community. Uh, but, yeah, I, I I was quite proud. I was like a... 
I felt like I was really far in. And my lady partner said, how long has it been? I was like, oh my God, it's been four days. Uh, so they write the best wrestling podcast from anyone outside of the wrestling business. That's a good disclaimer. Yeah, that's good. Uh, funny, intelligent and honest without being too negative, Ollie and Luke have quickly become regular guests in my home. The first podcast I have ever given money to because these guys, although not as much as you say, Chris, <laughs> but because these guys deserve it. P.S. I'm the guy who made the highlight video. Hey. Oh, yeah, that was really cool. Um, so Chris emailed us a little clip it made of all of our best bits and it was really cool. And we were like, that's awesome. We should make something similar. Uh... To, to make us the channel trailer hey Chris can you send us over all like the video links for where you got those clips and he did and then I didn't do anything with it <laughs> uh, but that's reminded me thank you very much for that Chris that was nice and the review and the Patreon pledge and just to co uh, close here he's got a bit of a hashtag run yep. hashtag swaft hashtag backlash hashtag death hashtag com coming for you Pritchard coming for you Pritchard Hashtag happy wedding day, Luke. Now, I'm going to quickly say that's all we've got time for because Luke is physically wait, 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 squirming. Wait, 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 oh, sorry, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Luke is physically squirming in pain. <laughs> I was trying not to make it too obvious, but yeah, I can't sit still. Okay. Uh, so we will see you on Saturday. Love you. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered.